Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
my friends. The opening music was by Save Vocal Group from the CD Native Angels by Save. That's a wonderful CD, and if you'd like to get one, go ahead to go to Save, S-A-V-A-E dot org, or you can listen to them on YouTube, of course, or you can also buy a CD from Amazon. Um, today we'd like to commemorate the victims and their families of the 100-year anniversary of the Armenian genocide uh, we kept, kept them in our prayers and, and put a few pictures and things like that and quotes on uh, our Facebook. Our heart goes out to uh, the slaughters of so many millions of people, and uh, that was the first 20th century genocide. Our thoughts and prayers go out to them. And I've lit three candles from the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for these people that suffered so long and so great. I'm your host, Reverend Sharon McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to find to lend a focus from the tenant to Sunday as a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. And on the Christian Recovery and all Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible, and you may use any Bible you wish. I've had many spiritual experiences, and in gratitude, we have ongoing Bible readings and discussion about our spirituality and experiences. I'm just focusing on just being myself and carrying the message given to me, which is to read the Bible. The call number today with any messages is 619-924-9744. And Sacred Sunday airs every Sunday at 11, but today I was a little late, so it's 1130. It's a big standard time. So let's now bow our heads and in gratitude say the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. And those whose lives are taken for distorted and evil reasons have become martyrs, and we pray for them too and their families. We pray for all those suffering from violence here at home as well as abroad. We pray for those who are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and uncomforted. Forgive us, God, for our sins. We also pray for those who are suffering from domestic violence in their own homes, and freedom from addiction from all kinds. And please keep in mind two people, our Heavenly Father, that are important to me. One is a victim of extreme uh, uh, domestic violence, and the other one, um, he made a huge mistake and uh, was running from police and got in a car crash, and her got very hurt. So we pray for his uh, complete recovery and for him to learn and to change. And then please, God, send your mighty Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect all of us and all your angels to watch over everyone. And our prayers also go out to the ones who suffer in the world that nobody knows about, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. We have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all the countries over the problems of suffering all over the world. Thank you, God. Please help us. Amen. We ask for Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. Everyone and their families are in our prayers. Amen. Happy birthday to everybody who has a birthday today. And I would like to uh, 
wish uh, Kebs a very awesome birthday. And uh, also Ronald Youngkin, his happy birthday, and my sister, Candy Garcia. Happy birthday, everybody, and everybody else has a birthday or an anniversary today. So I wish you a very happy and blessed birthday and a very prosperous and healthy year ahead. Okay, so we're going to have a Bible study today as usual. If you don't, I read the Ryrie Study Bible because my I um, found mine near a trash can, so I started studying it, and I've been having the same Bible ever since I'm from. I'm on my second copy, so if you don't have a Bible, go to www.biblegateway.com or www.biblia.com. So last week, you remember, we were on Romans chapter 15, and I'm going to read you the notes from that. So it's Romans chapter 15, and today we're actually reading the last chapter and letter to the Romans from Paul. And as soon as this comes up, I'll be happy to read it. And um, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people uh, tuning in to our little Bible uh, readings on Sunday mornings. And I really appreciate you very much. I really need your prayers. Um, I'm having uh, some health issues, and I, I really i am asking for your prayers for uh, for me. To just keep going, and I'm, I'm uh, my condition is uh, serious, and I need operation for a thyroid issue. So, I'd appreciate any prayers that you have. And um, I ask that if you have any health issues or anything else like that, let us pray for you too. And if you just tell me, we can ask for a collective prayer on the air and have everyone uh, pray for you also. So I'm still bringing up the notes. I'm having a very slow, slow day here from from this uh, computer. Here we go. Epistle to the Romans, and we have the chapter 15 uh, summary. Thanks to Shmoop.com. If you want to go to Shmoop, it's S-H-M-O-O-P.com, and they have summaries of everything and. Uh, the scholars over there are are really awesome, and they do analysis and summaries and uh, everything like that. So I luckily have come across this, and I appreciate very much. Okay, so really, let's read the, this is the notes from last week. Let's see here. Sorry. Okay. Paul just wants all the Romans to live in harmony together and glorify God together without worrying about their differences. Remember, Christ is the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians too. So let's all play nice. Paul actually has a good feeling about the Romans. He knows they're upstanding people who are knowledgeable and can help each other do what's right by God. He's only written to them to tell them all this and to give them advice because of the special relationship with God. What can we say? The big guy loves helping Paul write as all of his correspondence. Not that he's bragging or anything. Paul would only, only ever brag about all the good things that God has done through him. So modest. Anyway, for example, Paul has won tons of converts to the entire Roman Empire, and that's all God's doing. He made, it, he made that happen. Paul's not usually in the business of preaching about Jesus where people already know him. And he also doesn't usually come to a church community he didn't found, the one in Rome, and start handing out advice. No, never. That is why he hasn't been to see the Roman Christians in person yet. 
He's been meaning to, but there are just so many non-believers who need to hear the good news firsthand. And Paul's got a busy schedule. But now he's fresh out of non-believers to convert in the area, so he's going to head over to Rome soon and stay a while on his way to preach the gospel in Spain. Before that, Paul has got to make a quick pit stop in Jerusalem, and the folks in Macedonia and Achaia have taken up a nice collection for the poor there, and he's going to drop off the money. Mission possible. Paul tells us that the Gentile Christians are more happy to share their material blessings with the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem because they're getting a pretty big fair share of the spiritual blessings in Christ. Fair, fair. Paul's also all hoping that the Romans might pray for him so he doesn't get taken down by the non-believers in Judea, like Jesus for him, and that he does a good job for all the Christians there. Anyway, amen, brother. So that's the summary, and now let's read, read and open our Bibles to Romans 16, the last chapter in Romans. I can't hardly believe it, but we're here. So Romans 16, personal greetings. I commend you, our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church, which is at Censoria, that you receive her in, in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, that you help her in whatever matters she may have need of you, for she herself has been the help of many, and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who for my life risked their own necks, and who not only I give excuse me, I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. Also greet the church that is in their house. Greet Ephesus, my beloved, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Adronicus and Junias, also my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are outstanding among the apostles, who are all following Christ before me. Greet and Philiatus, who my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stechis, my beloved. Pelis, the approved in Christ, and greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet those of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Trisenia and Trisphosa, workers in the Lord. Greet Persis, the beloved, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, a choice man of the Lord, also his mother and mine. Greet Asyncritus, Philagon, Hermes, Petrobas, Hermas, and the brethren with them. Greet Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All of the churches of Christ greet you. And now uh, Paul's continuing uh, anima mission and a benediction. Now I urge you, brethren, to keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned and turn away from them. For such men are slaves not to our Lord Christ, but of their own appetites, and by their smooth and flattering speech they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. For the report of your obedience, which is reached to all, Therefore, I am rejoicing over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent and in what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you, and so does Lucius and Jason, and so Sopater and my kinsmen. 
I, Charitius, who also writes this letter, greets you in the Lord. That's the man that was writing this for him. Uh, Gainus, host to me and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, greets you. And Cortus, the brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the eternal God, which has been made known to all nations leading to the Gideons of faith. To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be the glory forever. Amen. So that was a letter. And uh, then, you know, next time we're going to be in First Corinthians, which I'm really looking forward to also. So let's get back and read the notes of this. So it's a short it's a short chapter, but uh, Phoebe, a servant of the church. The word here is translation servant is often translated deacon, which also leads some to believe that Phoebe was a deaconess. However, the word is more likely used in an unofficial sense than helper. Centria, the eastern port of Corinth. Go ahead, Aquila. Just how they risk their lives for Paul, he does not say. In 16.5, the church that is in their house, uh, early congregations met in homes. The several house churches are one city who constitute the church in that city. Okay, the outstanding among the apostles. Better, well-known the apostles where they were prisoners with Paul. Okay, then the holy kiss, and that's the one that kiss you from, from cheek to cheek. The innocence and the guileless. The believers should not mix with evil, rather. You should be knowledgeable about good things. And my kinsmen, not actual relatives, but fellow countrymen. Okay, so Tertius was Paul's stenographer. And Gaius, it's presumably the Gaius of First Corinthians, and then whom Paul had baptized. Erastus is a name been found in on a pavement that he donated to Corinth. Uh, many, uh, say the mystery... A definition of a scriptural mystery, something unknown in times past, but revealed in the New Testament. Here is the mystery of the gospel of Christ. Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah could now be understood once the mystery is revealed. So that's quite an amazing little chapter. And uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to that. And next week we will move on to First Corinthians. So let's see, I have a little story. Let's see if I can read it for you. Um, I could also have a little thing that I found in my Bible. It's the sign of the cross, and uh, in the church that I, I belong to and sometimes go to, is um, it's the sign of the cross where you what the reason for it and how you hold your hand, and uh, they take your the first act a child learns in their religion is the sign of the cross. The parents teach their children the three fingers together, the other two fingers down the palm. You take your thumb, your pointer, and your middle finger, hold them together, and the ring finger and the baby finger you put in your palm. Then trace the sacred symbol over the head, the heart, and the shoulders. This is the cross. So Orthodox Christians do it from the forehead straight down to the heart, and to the right, to the shoulders, and to the left shoulder. And that's how you made the, 
the sign of the cross on yourself. So it's forehead, straight down to the heart, and over to the shoulder. And this is the, is the act as used in a lifetime. It's never unlearned, never changed, and it's often the last conscious act made before departure of this world. This custom is as old as the Christian faith, and by the 3rd century, Tertullian could write about it. At the beginning and during the performance of all we do, we go in and out of the house, we dress ourselves, we lie down to rest. In fact, in everything, we mark ourselves with the sign of the cross. The act serves as identification by blessing himself, a person in his essence says, I'm a Christian, I belong to Christ. It's an act that harks back to baptism when we were born in the family of Christ. This act serves as a confession of faith, and the two main beliefs of the Christian religion are professed by this sign. The three fingers together press, express our belief in the Holy Spirit, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The two fingers down express our belief in the incarnation of God, the Son of Man. Come, our earth, say, come to earth and save us. The act is a prayer, is sometimes temptation. The hermit St. Anthony used to say, there is no more powerful means to overcome temptation as to gain victory than the sign of the cross. In private prayer and in public worship, making the gesture of the faith is a profound witness of our religion. So simple, even a young child does it so profound. It embraces the totality of the Christian faith. Surely the sign of the cross is part of the priceless heritage that is ours. So it's amazing, but let's do it now together. In the name of the Father, that's our head, that's our thoughts, and the Son, he's our heart, and the Holy Spirit ourselves, and that is our strength, our head, our heart, and our strength. Let's see. Now, I also have a little guidepost story. Let's see. I Married an Angel. It's by Kathleen Flostitch of Arcadia, California. I knew there was something unusual about Vern Falstich from the moment we met. The peacefulness flowed from the tall blonde man with hazel eyes. After we were married in 1957, I discovered how unique he really was. We lived in Pasadena, California, when he was on the police force. He was widowed with three daughters. I, with a little girl, was recovering from a troubled marriage. We adopted each other's children, and we were very happy. Vern was deeply religious, and at times I had difficulty accepting some of his beliefs. But the more I came to know him, the more I saw how dedicated to his faith he was. He kept the Bible in every room, and he trusted God so much, he believed God guided him through the guardian angel, his guardian angel to help people who needed help. Much of his time was spent counseling younger youngsters and incorrigibles. His manner had such a calming effect that people opened right up to him. Friends and strangers alike unburdened themselves. Sometimes they didn't have to. Vern already knew. One night, Vern was worrying about a fellow officer. Bill Johnson was planning to kill himself, Vern explained. Knowing he couldn't approach Bill directly, Vern said, we've got to concentrate and start praying for him to call me. And that is just what we did. Several evenings later, the phone rang. When Vern picked it up, I knew who it was. My husband went right over to Bill's house and stayed all night listening. Vern talked him out of a suicide. Time and again, Vern used to help others. A young couple of four children came to our house on the verge of divorce. We all sat around our dining room table over cookies and coffee. 
and husband and wife hurled angry accusations at each other. It seemed hopeless until Vern settled them down. Look, he said quietly, there are three sides to every story, his side, her side, and the truth. Let's get at the truth. He asked each to visualize, visualize the other being struck dead by a truck. How would you feel now, he said, that this person you loved, with whom you had children, and with whom you attempted to build a life was suddenly gone. There was a silence for the moment. The two fell into each other's arms. To this day, they're still married. Afterward, I asked Vern, how do you think of these things? He said, God just puts these thoughts into my mind. Now, about a year after we were married, we moved to Las Vegas, where Vern worked in law enforcement. One morning in 1972, he came to the breakfast table puzzled. He said during the night his guardian angel had impressed upon him that he should look for a boy with a rose. Should I look for a boy with carrying flowers, he wondered? Well, I said, I guess you'll have to do what you've always done. Wait and you'll be shown. A few days later at supper, Vern told me of the experience he had had that afternoon. He felt compelled to have lunch at a restaurant in a disreputable part of town. I wasn't too happy about eating there, he said, but I went in and sat down at the counter. A silly-looking kid about 16 years old was sitting next to me. All he had was a donut and a glass of water. I couldn't help commenting. For a growing boy, it's not much lunch. Oh, he cussed me out and something awful. But then he reached for his glass of water. I saw a tattoo of a rose on his arm. The boy with the rose, I remembered. Vern nodded. I began asking him about himself. He glared at me and swore. What's your problem, mister, he said. Are you some kind of a nut? Burns smile and recollection. Oh, yeah, I answered. I've been called that lots of times, but you know, I was sent here to help you. The boy snarled. With what? I said, you've got a problem. What is it? Yeah, this is the kid's dad. I'm going to kill myself. Want to know how? No, I said. I want to know why. The calm boy calmed it. The boy calmed down and Vern continued and began to tell a story. He was angry at his parents. They wanted him to buckle down and study, stay in school go to church, cut his hair, and take out his gold earring. Because he wouldn't do it, they had taken his car away. All the boy could say now is he hated his folks, and now he wanted out. Burns shook his head, and I tried to explain that his parents were simply doing their best to help him and guide him because he lay loved him so much. Do you think you reached him? My husband stared at his cup of coffee for a moment, then nodded. I believe I did. Burns never saw the boy again. In 1988, at age 63... Vern was diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer. I spent all my life with him and all my time in the hospital. Eventually, he slipped into a coma, but on December 23rd, he suddenly awakened full of life and rational. He took my hand and smiled. Out of all the days that God has blessed me here on earth, the day I meant you was the best. He squeezed my hand. When it's your time to travel home, he said, just walk towards the light, I'll be waiting, and he died soon after. Hundreds of people came to Vern's funeral. I was standing at the vestibule of the chapel with this handsome young man with his wife and two children approached me. Please excuse us, he said. I don't mean to intrude in private time like this, but I just came to pay my respects to your husband. As he extended his hand to me, the cuffs of his arm slipped back, and there on his arm was a rose tattoo. I hadn't thought of it in years, but immediately I remembered the boy in the diner. He had never forgotten my husband, as hundreds of others never forgotten him. Learning how permanent one good act can be and how goodness goes on working. Burns' goodness lives on, lives on and doesn't become some kind of angel. After all, that's why I married him. 
How beautiful. Thank you so much. And our house heart goes out to her losing her wonderful husband, but now he's alive in heaven with his heavenly father. This is the end of this day, and it's beautiful here outside. Not so much in Nepal. They've had a couple of huge earthquakes, and so we're praying for the people of Nepal. Um, they're saying over a 1,000 people have been killed. God help the people of Nepal, and God rest their souls. So let's say our traditional prayer. After a moment of silent meditation for those who are out there that are so sick, those that are out there that need help, including ourselves. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. In closing, may God bless you in keeping his loving arms that you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Remember, you're never alone. God loves you so much, and I love you, and may your best dreams come true, and true love live in your heart. You may also message me with any concerns and prayers if you need to discuss something. Just leave me a message. Goodbye, my friends. Happy trails to you. Much love, understanding, and peace follow you every day. God bless you. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.